Hello everyone, I'm excited today for multiple reasons. Tomorrow I'm going to hop in a plot of a Bex dealer north of Butler. We're going to assess some corn products in a little different area than our home base. The other reason I'm so pumped this afternoon is I've been able to snag Clint Prang, regional business manager for Bex Hybrids, on our podcast today. I'm looking forward to Mr. Prang sharing his 15 plus years of agricultural business experience with us. Mr. Prang was Assistant Vice President of FCS Financial from 2005 to 2008. He then became Account Manager for Pioneer 08 to 13, Field Agronomist 13 to 15 for the same company before joining Bex Hybrids as an area team leader in 2015. 2017, Clint took on the Regional Business Manager role in this company. This is the position he currently holds. Mr. Prang's expertise covers a broad range in ag, and I'm grateful for his presence here as we're in the heat of the battle for crop season 2020. He joins us today on our guest line. Clint, welcome to Agronomy Moment. Hey, Wendell. Thank you. Uh, I, I really appreciate that introduction. I'd I, I kind of forgotten about some of that stuff, so it was good to hear about some of those things. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. Very, very happy to be here and, and glad to chat with you, sir. I love listening to your podcast. It's really, uh, really good information. Thank you. And so, give us a little bit more on your background, your bio, especially your like your family and and your role that you have at Beck there as an RBM now. Yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah, a little bit more about my background. You know, I, I grew up and. Uh, 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 in northeast Missouri, a small town called Shelbyville, and I apologize if, if any of your listeners are having a difficult time hearing me. I'm I'm, I'm battling, battling allergies, so uh, you know how much fun it is being a farm kid growing up with hay fever. Yep. But uh, um, yeah, I grew up on a uh, diversified farm operation uh, with corn, soybeans, wheat, uh, livestock as well too, and, uh, and then, uh, that's actually back where I reside now, back on the family farm, and and uh, so so I actually participate in a little bit of farming myself as well too and and blessed to be uh to be able to uh, raise my kids around that environment and instill a lot of hard work values uh in in those folks that i that i had the chance to participate in when i was a child and you know as a regional business manager here with bex you know i, I it's it's a blessing you know every day I, I get to wake up with a singular focus and that's uh how do we how do we help farmers succeed today and uh, that's that's any of us here at bex but you know it's it's a blessing you know through my role have a have a unique opportunity to interact with with the, the customers, the the dealers, the uh, the employees, the the warehouse folks, uh, and and just how do you make a, you know everybody research, uh, and, and then how does all those pieces gel together? And uh, it's it's really really a lot of fun creating a lot of connections and and, and being able to see people succeed and, and get their their hopes and their aspirations uh, through those connections. For sure. So you're you're make you're the business making the business happen and making it work together. Sure, sure, yeah, and I, I, uh, you know, Wendell, you, you and I know each other here for a little while. I mean, I, I do have a big passion around agronomy, uh, and and also how uh, how we can use practical agronomy to uh, to help make more money on the farm. You know, I, I uh, back to my background. You know, growing up on a farm in northeast Missouri, clay pan soils, so uh, very similar to some of the Cherokee prairie soils that you guys uh, run across down there in in your yep. part of Missouri and Kansas. And uh, uh, grew up on a farm in the '80s, so uh, that's enough said right there, right? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it uh, uh, wasn't a lot of fun in some situations, but in reality, you know, that that grit and determination, you know, uh, you know, helped helped uh, help turn me into who I am today. And our family farm, you know, blessing 
you know, still still going today. And and uh, you know, and I, that whole experience, you know, that's the cool thing about the role that I'm in here is I, I get to help I get to help farmers, whether it's whether it's the farmers or the customers, help them help them uh, help them make more money through our practical farm research or have an opportunity to you know planning our products. Um, also being aligned with a company that just just kind of gets that too. You know, that's the yeah, the blessing of being aligned here with with Bex is that. And sorry, I'm not not mean to sound like an infomercial by any means, but you have a company that's uh, that's ran by farmers for farmers, and and so you know uh, our our leadership team, you know each each one of them participates an active participant in farming and to some degree, and so it's a uh, it's interesting. You see and you see all of that thought process go into the decisions that we make. Um, you know, yep. we can't make everybody happy all the time, but you definitely see that farmer thought process go into uh, a lot of what we do for sure and you mentioned Bex pfr and that kind of um jumps right into another question that i had you know i noticed in pfr and a lot of the books they calculate return on investment by the cost of the product or practice versus like yield and commodity price how can i scale this on my farm to determine how much value i'm receiving on our inputs overall and year to year it's simple i guess that'd be my first question Second to tag in with that is simple ROI accurate enough? Well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, ROI is a good measure. Uh, it's actually something you know. It's one of my strategies that I feel like um, you know every farmer should kind of have their mind wrapped around about when you're investing dollars <clears throat> into an expense on the farm, you ought to have a pretty good idea of what you're going to get back out of that. Yeah. Uh, it's not the only. It's not the only one because you could. You can make the case to probably buy everything based upon a hard sure. high, um, and, and then at the end of the year you don't have anything to divvy out uh, um, potentially um, until harvest comes. So I think ROI is, is a great a great factor. Another one I really like to get um, you know thinking about production uh, ag wise is you know cost per bushel produced. You know uh, you, sure. you you hear that you hear that uh, that uh, that gets thrown around sometimes by some of the high yield guys, but the reality is. I mean, it's something that you have to be. You know, you think about a lot of the input expenses, and yes, we do have we do have some say in our input expenses. Absolutely, yeah. and different choices that we make. However, the reality is those are probably going to be in certain ranges, right? Versus right. the uh, the the output side of things. Uh, now, yes, I know Mother Nature has to cooperate. We don't have as much control over that one, but if the the best way to get that ratio really cranking for you is to produce more bushels. Um, yes. and, and, and of course that's, that's back with that ROI, you know, if your if your cost per bushel, uh, ratio is where you want to see it, you've got to also be using your ROI to determine where do you want to, where, where do you want to place your dollars to, to make that ratio work out? And yes. that's, that's kind of the cool thing about next practical farm research. You know, we're, we're not saying every single one of those, um, uh, studies that we show a positive ROI is going to work for every single one of your acres. But but the cool yes. thing is is it, it it takes away some of the guesswork. It gives you a good starting point. You know now we have some that are that I would say are, are I'd call no brainers. You know um, the uh, you look at the data and it, it's going to tell you on on closing wheels pretty much uh, multiple years. We're talking uh, gosh I think I think almost a decade or more probably actually as long as we've been doing the closing wheel study. Um, overall, if you average it all out, anything besides those two rubber closing wheels is, yes. is going to get you is going to get you higher yield. Now, of course, some of that goes into if you if you plant into perfect conditions, you probably don't need that investment. However, um, I don't know about you, but I can't plant all my farm in one day or in the, well, the time that it's well, all perfect, right? 
Well, that's what I was going to ask you is where is that place where everything's perfect every day because I want to be there. <laughs> well, I, but, I think, hey, cool cool thing is that that's the afterlife, man. So, uh, but, yes. I, but for right now, but, but, for, but for right now, we're going to deal with these cards. Yes, exactly. And that's what I was um, – that's a good example is the closing wheels because I really like that because you're going back to the, you know, cost per bushel produced. You need to find – you're saying is find that balance where, you know, that's a – that's an example of something that increases your bushels greatly for a lower cost of investment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things too, you know, you think about, uh, I know it's tough to think about this. Sorry, I got a call buzzing in, so I apologize um, if that's beeping on your end. But, but, you know, you look at any, at the end of the day, your, our farms really are, I mean, if you want to get to the business sense, they are a, they're, they're essentially a, a giant manufacturer and we're manufacturing yeah. bushels. We're manufacturing, yep. Uh, beef, uh, you know, milk, depending on hay, uh, we're manufacturing product. And so when you when you look at any manufacturing business, that is a key component they measure to look at their success is, a print, is essentially that cost per whatever widget is that they're making, yeah. right? And that, yep. that, so so that's that's something that I, I talk about, and and uh, and it's again again I understand. I really uh, I really like that allegory. Yeah. 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 It's. It's something that, uh, you know, uh, I think we can all get our hands wrapped around a little bit. Now, uh, the question is, people say, well, what should it be? Well, that that's where probably one of my other success points is, is that that's one of those things where you've got to align yourself with people that, uh, uh, whether it's uh, whether it's bankers, whether it's uh, extension people, whether it's your, your seed provider, people that are, that are uh, uh, kind of have maybe a little, their minds wrapped around some of that, what that should be for the area, other farmers too, I'm, I'm a big fan of of the best the best teachers uh, out there are really people that are already doing it in a lot of situations and 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 those that are are vulnerable enough to uh, to share kind of yeah. some of the things that they they've seen that's worked and some of the things that they haven't seen work. Now, I get it, it's a competitive world out there, but boy, having that having that good core group of of uh, uh, probably people that are pretty much cross mentoring one another can always help you dive into that. Of course, though, there are some. There are definitely some uh, some ratios that are out there that you can find on the on the internet or other places that kind of publish some of those things. But you just you have to take those with a grain of salt because everybody's everybody's situation is different, right? I mean that that's kind sure. of the cool thing about ag is that uh, you know I, I made that I made that uh, warehouse uh, discussion or manufacturing discussion there, but the reality is you know your farm is not 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 does not have the same why behind it as as Clint Prank's farm, you know or. Sure or whoever else's farm, you know, and so those are the other factors you have to be, you know, I, I love numbers, but, but numbers can get you in trouble too, if you're, if you don't use them the right way. Sure. Yep. One, one other question I have down this line is, you know, using your past experience, especially at SCS and even now is what, what areas can you, or are you seeing that a farmer can reduce his expenses and yet sustainably? And you were talking about cost per bushel produced, but is there areas right. that one can look at a little closer and say, well, these are areas that we can cut? Sure, that's a that's a good one. I mean, I, I think it does take it does take an annual review of of what you're doing. Now, you know, we we talked earlier. I'm going to jump back a little bit. We talked earlier about other measures that you could look at to uh -huh. kind of see the success piece. And so I think it's good, you know, kind of depending on the size of your operation, if not uh, on an annual basis, a biannual basis, if not even a little bit more to look and, and see, okay, uh, how is my earned net worth changing? You know, are the decisions I'm making on my farm and, and net worth, of course, that would be, hey, you, you got all your assets over here on the left side of the balance sheet. You have your liabilities on yep. the right hand uh, of the balance sheet. And I'm 
really quick, really quick, it's pretty much the amount of uh, of stuff of your stuff that you really own, <laughs> you know, so your ownership yes. equity. And and you know, uh, I, that that is that sounds like a simple practice, but that I'm a big believer. If you do those little things right all the time, you don't have to ever worry about the big things getting in the way. And sure. and that's one of those little things that, man, if you have a glimpse of that at the same time every year, because if you do it at a different times of year, it's going to give you different stories completely. But if you at least sure. do that, that piece uh, every time, that's going to give you a really good indication or you're gaining ground. Because, of course, the goal would be at some point you'd, you'd like to own more than you owe, right? Um, yes. And yep. uh, that that would be a, be a goal. Now, now where I'm going with that is, is that also, um, as you're uh, analyzing that, another another key piece is that lets you start picking out the pieces of the puzzle as to maybe, maybe this is something where I'm I'm spending too much money here and it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, sure. You you know one of those things, uh, I, I, you know just just there's that's one of those things where you start peeling that apart and it's like, man, does it make sense to own this piece of machinery or should I be leasing this piece of machinery? Yeah. Um, you know. The, you know th- those types of factors weighing in your depreciation. You know the number one thing, Wendell. This is probably the most unpopular thing that people like to talk about. The number one thing from my lending experience, and and uh, you, you talk to economists, and it, it's the number one thing to go up, and it's the heart. It's usually the yeah. last thing to ever go down, and that's family living expenses. And uh, yeah. I, again, I, I think. Uh, Sure, not telling anybody not to have a good time. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, when we're when we're gone from here, uh, you can't take any of it with you, anyways. Um, so, so I, I I think you got to enjoy life a little bit. But but that is probably the number one place I see people being able to make a a huge impact really quick. Um, yep. The uh, the the other places are, you know, it's it's really hard to pinpoint that um, without everybody's got such a different situation. But I mean, if I had to. If I had to paint with a broad brush, the first place typically to look at is family living expenses because those and those things are just it's a lot it's a lot easier to get a handle on. Um, now, from a farming operation standpoint, we'll talk about the day to day pieces of it. Um, you know, the other ones I always say are really dangerous are the ones that well we've always done it this way. Okay, sure. let's, let's 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 analyze that expense a little bit closer. Just because we've always done it that way, should we still be doing it that way today? You know, yep. and uh, or should we be taking those dollars uh, and and you know reinvesting them in a different way? I think I think sometimes that's uh, it, it kind of depends again on, on the situation, but you know you the the old adage uh, that you can't save yourself for prosperity. Of course, people will say you can't spend yourself for prosperity either. Yeah, uh, that's true. Um, but but the other thing is too, I've never seen anybody going broke paying taxes. Uh, and, sure. and so that means if you've got if you if if, uh, if you've got if you make money every year, um, that's that's not a bad thing, right? Um, right. And uh, so 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 cutting those expenses sometimes, you know, if it's if it's one that's generating some income or or you just you, you got to get granular with it. And I know that sounds overwhelming to people. That's where I go back to the practical farm research is that it can help you get to that granular level a lot quicker. I feel like and actually another tool. Uh, that I, I love ROI tools, uh, looking at it from a, a per acre standpoint too. Yes. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a, an infomercial here, but one of the neat tools uh, that we do have at Bex is that farm server ROI tool that's in there. And you know, you can plug in yes. your own um, your own cost, you know, your planned uh, your planned um, sales on marketing standpoint, and it can give you a really good idea because you know you probably know some farms out there too, Wendell. I mean, they're just there's some there's some acres that. Yeah, folks are still hanging on to. It's like, I mean, again, I get it, it's a personal thing, but it's like, why do we still own that piece of ground? Um, you know, it's uh, it's uh, yeah. if, if somebody, and that sounds 
like, man, why a farmer? Why would you ever sell that asset? Well, if it, if it's an asset that's not making you any money, it's it's not an asset. It's a collectible, is what it is. Yeah. Uh, and and you know those are. Those are deeper discussions. I mean, it's the same thing. I had a discussion on tractor sometimes. Uh, that that man, it's like it's it's nice to own those things, but if it's not generating uh, the revenue um, that it needs to on a per hour basis, then then you don't have a. It's not an asset. It's it's a collectible, and uh, which hey, it's it's nice to collect some things too, but it just kind of depends on what the purpose of that asset is. Exactly. Yep. That makes makes total sense. I know, like in our own operation, as example we had a UAN toolbar, but it just didn't cover enough acres and time to put on the top dress that we needed. And so we ended up selling that bar and um, we hire it done and they get it done in a few days versus, you know, a week and a half. Now it's not that I'm against putting on with the toolbar or anything. It's just, you know, our situation, we just sort of evaluated that and decided it was, uh, had to take, take a different route. So. Yeah. Well, good for you guys. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, it's, it's, uh... I mean, a lot of times, all these assets we've all we've all uh, yep. we've sweat. Uh, we've, we've got a lot of equity into a lot of things, and so it's hard. That emotional tie sometimes is really hard to let that go. But you know, it it, it is a business, right? Sure. And uh, you know, there's just there's just those pieces. Of it. And I know that sounds pretty cliche, probably anymore. But I mean, that's that's the best way to look at it was without any, that emotional attachment to it. Uh, now, if it was your your grandpa's grandpa's uh, UAN toolbar that he passed down to you, which is not the case, of course, but it's right. kind of like well, you know, I, I, those those are those are a little tougher sometimes. <laughs> That's right, and and, there, and there's not a right or wrong answer to some of that. It's just you know, like you said, evaluating that periodically to make sure that we're staying on track. You know, I like the ma- the manufacturing example because I think like Ford Motor Company a few years ago had to take a look at that too. You know, they're spending lots of money into their Ford Motor credit and things like that, and they came back and said, "Hey, we've got to go back to research and development because that's where we make." That's where we make it, you know. And I've thought of that sometimes yeah. with farming is we got to look at, you know, where, what's actually generating revenue. That's where we need to be making well, sure we're focused. Right. And, and you know, I kind of hinted at or talked about that a little bit ago too. But, I mean, some of that is back to that, you know, hey, we've always done it this way. You know, the innovation piece, I mean, that that's going to be a big part of what uh, I think uh, what, what helps some farms get bigger or what helps some farms be sustainable the next five to ten years. I know we talk about innovation and sustainability, and again, big cliche words. But again, just, yeah. just uh, it, it's interesting when you watch, um, we'll, we'll say thirty thousand foot view, and you see some of the areas of the U.S. specifically that that have that have flirt or grown tremendously in the, the amount of dollars they produce ag product wise. And, yeah. and there's usually a pretty direct correlation a lot of times to the amount of time that that area has been in production agriculture, and and what I mean sure. by that is is that it's just again sometimes sometimes those new ideas it, it doesn't it, they don't hold you back when all, when all the ideas are out there are only new ideas, um, and, sure. and and again not saying that old ideas aren't good ideas that's that's not the case but you just just uh, you know I, I think it's back to my earlier comment too on just kind of having surrounding yourself with with wise people I mean. Man, there's there's farmers out here that have that have been through uh, a lot of, you know, they haven't been through the COVID situations that we're dealing with, but definitely the ups and downs of the market back to the 80s. No no crop insurance. There's a lot of wisdom out there that I would encourage any farmer to to, sure. to partner up with with one of those folks and just 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 listen to them tell stories uh, because sure. uh, I, I guarantee you there's there's tidbits of strategies of of how to be successful through that and a lot of it. 
a lot of it just bears down with 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 a grit and determination and and they can tell you some some strategies on how to reduce family living because when there wasn't enough money for family living they still figured out how to make it happen <laughs> right they still figured out a time to take time for family without them without having to spend the the high expenses oh yeah exactly for sure exactly for sure so and you would like you have any more to say on that part for you know I was going to ask too is what you know what are profitable farms doing that sets them apart in times, especially in times like these. Do you have sure. any further comment on that? Yeah, I think I think it all back to that little things. Um, I think it really just starts with a plan, Wendell. Um, having mm-hmm. a plan, really, and, and and making sure everybody that's in that operation is bought into that plan. Um, yep. and, and it doesn't have to be this elaborate twenty-page, um, um, you know, uh, <laughs> book or novel. Uh, on on what we're going to do with every situation here, but it's really yep. I think a lot of times it's just it's just being very honest with one another. What why, why are we doing this? Okay, if you know what, let's establish our why. You know, Clint Prang's personal why. You know, I I wake up every morning and what what I love to do is make a positive influence in people's lives. That that's what I do now. Or sure. I love to do now. That that doesn't mean now that doesn't mean uh, <laughs> I say I said a positive influence in, in people's lives. I didn't say everyone's lives uh, because unfortunately, you know, you, you, it just it doesn't work out. You can't you can't make everybody happy. Um, sure, but 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 you know that that piece of my why then. Then also spills into my farms why to my my business why uh, my my uh, family why and and you know I've, I've shared those things with everybody just so we all know um, and, and maybe that sounds too too uh, too uh, uh, pie in the sky for some folks but you know a, a family farm why could be well hey we want to do this for at least so that at least two generations from now has the opportunity to do this as well too sure well then you're then you're taking you're making a plan. And you're making it a commitment to do the things necessary to get to that point. Um, you know, that's that's one of my fears I see out in the uh, industry right now. And, and it's it's fine. Farmers can do what they want to with their equity. But, you know, uh, I definitely have seen a lot of equity being bled over the last several years. And just uh, they, yeah. they, they aren't they We had some really good times. And then now we're kind of burning through some of those cash reserves to keep on doing it. And, uh and, and that's fine. Um, again, you've earned that right to do it, right? Again, I said you can't take it with you anyways. Um, but but a lot of times the, the why hasn't been established, you know. And uh, so so I think I think uh, just just to sum it all up, what I see what I see those long term sustainable farms that they've got that plan and they they yep. pull it out and they review it every once in a while as well too. And it's you know uh, you've got marketing plans. You're going to have your your agronomic plans and 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 also uh, you've got that. That circle of people around you, uh, people that I'll call, uh, they're kind of my. Even though I'm the chairman of the board, they're they're my they're my advisors, and yeah, and, and you know it it takes a lot of uh, relationship equity to get on that board. Doesn't take very much to get kicked off of it though, uh, as far as trust. And so yep. uh, you know you 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 know that's that's the thing I I encourage uh, every farmer to to make sure you you be very careful on who you pick to be on that circle of trust because uh, it's. Uh, that that circle of trust, you just you can't do everything yourself. Um, now there's some farms that get larger, they may be able to have enough people on the on their uh, their payroll that maybe can fill every one of those seats. But but more than likely, you're gonna you're gonna have right. to figure out what you figure out what you do really well and find others that do really do what they do really well to help you out. Like what? Yeah, summing it up, I think that it's important. It's like you say, be careful on who is on your circle of advisors, but it's worth the effort to find them because they're needed. 
Yeah, I mean, yes, and yeah, you said you said it a lot fewer words than what I did. Great job, <laughs> but yeah, that's not necessarily. Uh, I get, <laughs> I get, no, I get yeah. real passionate about this, but it, it is, you know, it's 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 kind of like so. My my role here is with with Next, I mean, the majority of my time that I spend is in recruiting, right? I'm recruiting yep. full time people. I'm recruiting our leaders. I'm recruiting uh, our dealers, and 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 that takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of discussions. It takes a lot of uh, of, of vetting out because. You know, it's and I, you've probably heard me say this. I, I would say it's really easy for us to hire people to sell seats. It's really sure. difficult for us to find people to do it the way we want it done. And, and I hope everybody says that the same thing about the business sure. that they're in. You know, hey, it's it's easy to find somebody to drive a truck, but it's hard for me to find somebody to drive it the way I want to drive it, or spray my right. field the way I want it sprayed, um, and, or or you know, they can lend me the money, lend me money the way I want to to to, to have that discussion. You know. I've always said it's really easy to find people lend, loan, loan you money. Uh, it takes a real yep. partner to tell you, no, I, I don't want to loan you money, and here's why. I don't think it's a good investment. That's the kind of lender you want to find. Yes. Yeah. And they're there. I, I believe they're they're out there. So oh, yeah. looking at – and, you know, another thought I'd had here is, you know, farming is risky, as we've been talking, and we face this perpetual war against weather, markets, equipment failures. Do you have any thoughts or ideas to add into our conversation on ways to take some risk off the table, specifically in areas like marketing or your crop production, sure. financial investment? Well, I mean, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but but a big part of that for <laughs> me on the risk side of it, Wendell, is it is finding those those strategic partners that yep. I can lean on. Um, and when I say strategic, okay, it doesn't mean from a marketing standpoint. Uh, this is not a knock on any marketing company, but you know. Um, by any means, but, but you have to remember how they get paid. Typically, they get paid off of the, you know the transactions that are made. Um, yeah. But but if you have if you have one that's also really paid off of your profitability, uh, and, and then again they personally care you know about your operation. That's yeah. that, that authentic relationship. Whether I don't care if it's marketing, if it's lending, if it's crop insurance, those are the kind of people you got to find to help take some of that risk out of things. You're you're never going to take the risk out on weather. I mean. Yeah, you can trade some right. weather futures. You can do some things like that. You know, for the most part, you know, like we all we all have the ability we can purchase crop insurance. That takes that that lets me know what the bottom is, right? Sure. Um, and uh, but but yeah, it's 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 uh it's so back to having those trusted advisors that have an authentic relationship with you that that they're also that they know what they're talking about. Um, you know, competency is uh, <laughs> it's really easy to, for people to say how much they know. Uh, you know, it, but yep. you, you got to make sure that, you know, do your research and make sure they actually do know what they know and, and really make sure you find somebody that you partner with that wants to be a lifelong learner too. Um, cause if you, if you find somebody that claims to already have it all figured out, uh, <laughs> I'm probably not going to work out too well in the long run more than likely, or, or in some situations, you know, that, that individual, I mean, they may be extremely uh, highly intelligent, very proficient at what they do, but they don't have a passion to, to change. Well, right. guess what? Our world changes on an hourly minute basis, you know, minute basis on a second basis, and so you got to have that passion to want to innovate, adapt, and, and overcome whenever those challenges show up. Yep, good stuff. Earlier, I mentioned Beck's practical farm research, and I wanted to um, jump back to that just a little bit. What are some personal experiences you've seen in research that Bex has put out and ways to reduce risk and increase profitability on your own farm or farm of other farmers you've helped? Sure. Well, 
I mentioned the closing wheels earlier. I, we actually put on the uh, the Yetter Poly Twisters this year on on our planter, and uh, I mean, okay. whether yep. whether 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 it was uh, the year or what, I mean, we didn't have to. Re- this is probably uh, my dad and I were talking about. This. this is probably our best ever first planting stands of corn we've ever had. Um, have had yep. in a long time. So I'm I'm going to echo us. that. We did the same thing this year and experienced the exact same thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. now was it the other the other poly twisters? I don't know if it was all that. I mean, right. soil conditions were decent too, but I can tell you, I mean, there was definitely some rain events that we had afterwards. Like, well, we're gonna have a little bit of replant there, and and boy, it, it made it through. And we didn't, we did have just a tad bit of replant on some soybeans. I'm trying to think through that. Sure. Well, that sounds bad. I should remember that really off the top of my head. We had just a little bit, I think, and that was drowned out spots. You know, uh, sure. the inner poly twisters don't—they don't lay tile while they're going through the field. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, you know that. So that's one right there. Uh, you know, the tile. It's you know, I bring that up. I mean, I've worked with uh, worked with the, our agronomist before in Southern Illinois. Who that that right there because of some of our subsurface irrigation studies. They it's, he said okay. it's fun, it was fun to sure. watch. Watch some guys put those types of systems in because it was done on their clay pan soils. They they saw that and and now they're they're seeing that benefit from it too. Um, you know, I, I you know fungicides. You know, uh, our PFR proven strategies that we utilize there at uh, you know that we announced this past year at Insight meetings. Uh, one of those was fungicide of VT and talking through that. So it, it's it's fun because you you walk into some retailers once in a while that happen to have a Bex PFR book and they're selling somebody else's product, corn to soybeans, but they have that yeah. book and they're using it to sell, sell fungicide. So I always find that pretty interesting sure. and, and it's good. I mean that's that's why you know you talk to Sonny Beck and he'll tell you that we we didn't we didn't produce they didn't produce that book to sell seed. You know the premise behind right. PFR has been and still is today is well if if you help other people out everything will take care of itself um that that's yep. that is that's not a sales pitch that is just that's who the Beck cool. family is um and 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 so well, we're always always trying some different things out there i mean to me the the the, the tile irrigate the excuse me, tile, tiling has been a big one of course the university of missouri other universities have done a lot of things on that but but it seems like that's been able to give that even more light. Um, that's one that probably still is one of the most underutilized uh, met, uh, I call it not methods, but management practices out there. And I it, it is a it's definitely a cost on that front end. I still think one of the reasons too is you know once you put that tile in, you can't see the tile every day when you drive by, right? Right. Uh, you know versus. I could take that same money and I can maybe buy a farm or I could buy a tractor that I can see yeah. every day. Um, but I, I don't know if you guys have experienced that uh, on your. Have you, have you guys put any tile in Wendell? Well, not really. Not like what you're talking. Not where you're putting in okay. like pattern tile okay. and stuff. I mean, we're doing tile drains and stuff for terraces and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, how about you guys? Have you all done some things on the PFR side besides the the uh, the poly twisters you put on your planter this year? Yeah. Um, one thing we've been doing is the Versamax, like at V5 corn yep. and stuff. Real, we've been really happy with what that's been doing. It, we can seem like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's at the end of the year we can see that I just went out and just counted the ROI, but I will say is that it's been really great to have that understanding that this is a really good time to put it on. And yeah. the response that we've seen some of the corn out there, especially last year with the wet weather and its response right. to it, was really encouraging. And when the other thing that I 
thought is always exciting about the practical farm research from our angle is you go to like a field show or something, you come back with ideas that trigger other ideas that trigger other ideas. And it's like, you finally like, Hey, if we go down this rabbit trail back where this came from, (laughs) it was, it was a a simple thought that kind of went down to this. And so we've had quite a bit of that on our operation and different things that have just, you know, just been exciting to see different ideas come to life that way. Oh yeah. Well, absolutely. That's been the fun. That is the fun part because, you know, you'll get, like you mentioned, somebody at a field show or somebody will come into one of our private, you know, PFR tours where, you know, you come in and look and and you get to talking to the PFR leads or the field agronomist and somebody will ask, well, have you tried that? Well, no, but I can next year though. Uh, You know, and so it's, it's back to that community of farmers. Uh, You know, it's just, it's, again, I think it's just, it's fun to learn from people that have done things for a while because I can, I guarantee you, we can't test everything that somebody's experienced out there, but but uh, but we when those ideas come up and we we can tack something else onto that, I mean it just it uh, it really really is fun to watch. Yep, for sure. What what is the dates on the PFR? We had to let the Effingham Illinois one go right because of the COVID nineteen. Right. But right. There's, there's several others here that we can still attend. What are you know those dates are off end or? Yeah, so uh, so yeah, unfortunately, uh, you're right. We our El Paso show as well as our Effingham, Illinois show to to still stay with uh, within the state regulations of what yep. uh, what they're doing. We had to had to cancel those for this year, but we are ramping up uh, some of our private PFR tours. And, and I'll, you know, I'd encourage any of your listeners if they have a desire to come over to those sites. We, we're still hosting people at that. We just have to keep them okay. within, uh, within the regulation size. Uh, that, that may be there. So if there's a day there, somebody wants to come out to there. Great. Uh, also, we have the Bex Iowa uh, show, which a uh, field show will be August 11th. So that'll be a Tuesday. So that is still going on. The state of Iowa still has their doors open. And then also we will uh, also have technology days right now, which is August yep. uh, 27th, 28th and 29th. The, uh, the, so back to the Illinois shows that we did have to, did have to officially, uh, each day the, the Illinois show and the Kentucky shows because of their, because of their, um, oh, uh, their stringencies and, you know, the Minnesota show right now, I believe is still on, but we're still evaluating that one a little bit too, as things change. Okay. Well, shoot, since you and I have been on this call, there's probably been some other stuff that's changed through those right now. Things, days are changing pretty quick right now, right now. Sure. Sure. Exactly. That's good to know. Um, I'm thinking, there's probably going to be a group of us going to the one in Colfax, hopefully. Sounds a little bit like that. So maybe Great. we'll Great. We might even run into you there. Are you going to be there? Yeah. I believe I will be there this year. Um, uh, I think so. We're also I'm, – I'm working with the uh, our sales leaders in Illinois trying to tomorrow morning to figure out a contingency plan since we don't have the shows in, in, in August. Um, unless, like I said, unless they – Unless something would overlap that day, my plan is to go up there to, to Iowa. But um, yeah, sure. yeah, that's the thing. We still we still have you know that uh, we wanted to have the shows just just again to, to to stay with state regulations. We had to do certain things to be consistent yep. uh, and everywhere else. But we still are committed to getting the information to the farmers. So uh, you know, folks want to uh, something I've seen seen this year is that man, farmers they they're they're, they're chomping at the bit to get out. They haven't had kids ball games to run to or they haven't had <laughs> right. the different things going on and and so we uh we definitely uh if there's interest in coming up to iowa going to technology days or even just coming on a private tour we can definitely coordinate that for them that, that sounds really good really good we'll we'll be in touch on we'll be in touch so sure. sounds great anything sounds else great. anything else before we wrap up today I don't 
don't think so. No, I, I really, like I said, I really do appreciate you doing these podcasts. It's, uh, it's, it's. Like, I, I really enjoy listening to the different ones. Uh, I always learn something on these. I, you know, I drive about fifty-five, sixty thousand miles a year. So uh, you can only listen wow. to the radio so you know you only listen to radio for so long. And <laughs> so uh, uh, I've, I've, uh, I love listening to different podcasts on different topics because. You know, it's not really safe to read a book while you're driving. Uh, so podcast. No, really, don't try that. <laughs> no, podcasts really help fill that void for me. I, I do like sure. to, yeah. you know, you do like to read once in a while and, and pick up some new things. And so, thanks for doing that. I really appreciate it and, and, you know, um, appreciate all you do for as a dealer for us as well too. Thank you, Clint. We'll uh, wrap up here, and that concludes our podcast today, episode 11. We want to give a special thanks to our guest, Clint Frank, for his appearance on the show and contributing to this broadcast. You can find additional documents of what we talked about in the show notes or reaching out to me, Wendell Cohen. We hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe and give us a five-star review. This really does help us. Find us on our website or on your favorite podcast listening app. My favorites are Apple Podcasts and Podbean. Sounds like Podbean just turned around. It should be noted that all copyright content in this podcast has been acquired through special permissions and licensing from the proper artists. We just ask that you share the links to this podcast on all the broadcasting platforms that are found. Feel free to reach out anytime with questions, feedback, or concerns you might have. This is a production of Top Ag Media. Wendell Cohen is a producer. I'm your show host. Cheers to all of you. Until next time. <laughs>